Let's do it. Welcome to Practical Rambling Fathers. This is Father Brian. And Father Tay, your co-host. Cool. Co-host, meaning to host. Or is it with? I think it's with, isn't it? Anyways. Yes. Welcome to the last conversation about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not to, I would never. Today we're going to talk about... The Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Boom. And so... How would I not want to do that? Yeah. So it, it, it goes... Before you even begin talking about that, let's talk about truth in general, right? I'm not going to dive into a philosophical argument, but it's more of like, you know, when you love someone and you have a good friend, don't you want uh, to help them grow? Don't you want them to do like the best they can on a project? Don't you want them to be admired by others, right? So that's where that this commandment is coming from, that you long to say what's good, to build people up, that you long to speak the truth, because it not only set you free, but it'll set your friend free, right? And the, it's not a coincidence that Jesus describes himself, as we'll hear in this upcoming gospel this weekend, is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If when God speaks good things, and it comes into fruition, should we not do the same? Right? God has given us these beautiful things by blessing us, you know, by giving us beautiful names, should we not do the same of wishing well upon the other, wishing good fortunes and good blessings on those around us? Right, that whole entire sense of uh, truth and love are parallel. Jesus is both of them, and so in order to say the truthful thing is also to say the loving thing. Not that, not that, um... There are there aren't times where the truthful things um, might not be said, and this is the great thing. It's not you're not lying. You're just not saying what could be said. So, um, in other words, yeah. What's a practical way of saying that? Yeah, I I, I had a, a charitable way of saying that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he said there are certain truths that you that um, are not privy to the public, right? So you, when, when, when the, the, the circumstance presents itself, there are certain truths that the other person, the other part that's with you does not need to know, right? So for example, you're doing a project with your friend or you're, you're in a conversation, the, the person that they're talking about, you know them pretty well. And so whatever background you have in that person, the person speaking to you does, does not need, does not have the right to know what you know. So in that sense, you're not lying by, 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 by not telling them more info because you're protecting the, the other person too as well. So, um, so you're, you're doing a loving, a loving more act of saying what only needs to be said, right? Because if you divulge more info, it could hurt the friendship. It could make it worse, right? So you have to ask yourself the question, why am I saying this? Is it to build or is it just to gossip? Right. Build or... Build up or tear down. Tear down. Try to yep. build up. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the sense of, like, we don't want to uh, say something contrary to the truth. So I don't want to slander. I don't want to gossip. 
which mm-hmm. is normally gossip takes on, like, it does. It takes on the element of overemphasizing some fault, most likely. Um, Correct. But even if it's true, it could be gossip if it's not knowledge that's publicly known or known in that way. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is we also have to be mindful, as we talked about, you know, even taking the Lord's name in vain. We just have to be mindful of what we say uh, and yes. how we say it. Um, mm-hmm. We just have to be more conscious of that and aligned to love and to truth um, in what we say and in what we uh, blank. What we say and what we do. Right. Right. Because that's that's another good that's another good thing to talk about. We're living in a world today where. Uh, everything can easily be misconstrued on social media, recording things on your phone. So even though you're not slandering, right, or you're not lying about your neighbor, but you're doing something that will give another impression otherwise, right? These subtle eye rolls, you know, all these other things too. So how do you, um, I'm not, we're not asking you to be paranoid, but just to have that attentiveness atmosphere of like, okay, how can I love others around me right now? Right? What is needed to be said, what's not needed to be said in this moment. Yes. Thanks, Father Brian, for the affirmation there. Affirmation, we all need affirmation. Affirmation, we need it every day. First you say that I'm okay, then I say that you're okay. I'm okay. What if you're not okay, but you you're say okay. you're okay? I'm okay. Come on. Affirmation, we all need affirmation. What if we're not okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Affirmation, bro. We all need affirmation. It's true, but then it gets to the it gets to the point of what this this whole topic is about, right? If I'm loving someone, right? Don't I want them to know the fullness of myself? Don't I want to? Don't I want them to know? how I'm exactly feeling right now in the moment, right? Because I feel like in society, right now, the question isn't about lying, it's that lie. How much do I say? And if how much do I withhold? Is it the same as lying? How do you differentiate all these <laughs> confusing areas? Really? Right. Yeah, and we got to look at what the truth is, right? Truth is what's going to bring me eternal life in Jesus uh, truth is Jesus himself, his teachings. So that's what truth is, which means that's also what love is. So to say the truthful thing, to say the leveling thing. Oh, truth, what it does for us. This is a great part about the reality of truth. Is it makes us integrated. It makes us whole. So truth is a stabilizing factor. Like, the second that I know that gravity is real as a truth in this physical universe, awesome. I don't have to not know that. Um, It stabilizes me. It stabilizes structure. Physics stabilizes us. The science stabilizes us. uh, Organic chemistry, it stabilizes what we can do. Chemistry in general. Uh, stabilizes what we can do, what we can't do. Doing this virus stuff, studying everything that it is in that, it's predictable, it's stable. 
So it helps us, it's not chaotic, and so it stabilizes what's in front of us. Same's true when we speak truth, um, when we know mm-hmm. truth himself, Jesus. He stabilizes us. He keeps us solid and grounded and integrated, which means we're not all sorts of crazy, uh, but we're all Except. sorts of Jesus. We're all uh, converting into Jesus, converting into him setting us free and having an abundant life within us. Yeah. So it's a stabilizing factor to say the truth, to be the truth, uh, to live out of the truth of our identity in God. Because normally when we try to tell a lie, it's because uh, we prioritize whatever scenarios in front of us to the scenario in front of us instead of to God and who I am Correct. in God or who the person that we are in God. Which yeah. is actually even if you look at like how people are tortured, martyrs are tortured, you know, they... You know, torture will say, well, if you let, you know, if you, you know, blaspheme against God, you know, we'll let all everyone else go. Well, that, that, that isn't on the martyr. That's on the person that's doing the, like, they get inside your mind, obviously, but they're responding to God. They're not responding to the situation in the present moment and seeing that they're saying, nope, this is what truth is. So I'm going to proclaim truth. Or you look at different people facing the different tortures that martyrs have faced, and they're like, nope, I'm focused on, I'm witnessing to the truth above, (laughs) not to this experience that's here in front of me. Yeah, a good way to think about it, too, in your daily life is, you know, let's say you're in a conversation with your best friend. You said something, and it kind of rubs you wrong, and you go home, you think about it, you keep wondering, like, did I need to say it? Like, was it necessary? So kind of like what you said, Father Brian, right? If you said the truth, then, then you, you are free with yourself saying, this is what I know. This is true. So I said it to build them up. This is, I wasn't lying or anything. So then you, there's a peaceful effect of, okay, I've said what was the truth and I believe it. Versus if there's a doubt of why you said it and you keep guessing of, of your true intentions, that's a telltale sign that, the statement that you just said wasn't really stabilizing at all. And it was something that Jesus probably wouldn't have said either. And that's why it weighs in your heart. Like, did I, did I need to say that? Right? It's a telltale sign. Um, because when we say a lie, it's for us to, what we think, right, is to be charitable, to make the situation go away. Everyone is happy. Could be. There's yeah. a few different reasons why. But, yeah, it could be. Exactly. You know, you're right. Sometimes we focus on how do I fix this versus what's the bigger picture here? Right. So, no, that's a, that's a very good point of um, once we say the truth, then it's out of our hands. Right. If we say the truth and people accept it in a very good way, then it's a win win for both sides. But let's say you try to be a good friend, you get a good advice, but the other friend refuses to listen to you. That's a whole different story. You've done your job by telling them the truth. And now it's up to them kind of fitting with the scenario of. Um, you know, with the tortures and the martyrs. So, I know we're kind of rambling on, but this is like important because these these are the things that one part experiences in their life. How does how how does a person know that God is speaking to, to them the truth, and how does one speak the truth, right? right? Live in the truth. And the hard part is that sometimes truth can come across as harsh, which is fine yep. because Jesus yeah. comes across harsh at points. 
Oh, really harsh at points. Um, but he also does it in a loving way, uh, the loving means. And so for us to pray about, well, how do I say the truth? How do I be integrated in my life in a way that's in the mean, the, the extremes of this scenario? So how can I say the loving thing uh, with love? Amen. How can I say the truthful? Sorry. How can I say the truthful thing with love? That's great. Something to really pray and ponder about. Because we, I mean, we can give different scenarios and try to come up with the best answer. But unless you really pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, you know, each case, each scenario is different. And that's why knowing the truth is so important because it's permanent. It doesn't change. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the only one that's constant, that's unchanging. We're the ones that change. I'm with the experiences. same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah, our, our emotions are fleeting. So is our, our reasoning. That's why we depend so much on Jesus, who is the rock, who is the truth, the way, and the life. I have been crucified in the Lord, so that he yeah. may live in me. Amen. Truth. Um, all these different things that we're discussing in the podcast about is that uh, thou shalt not to I would never is really important because it makes the Ten Commandments come alive right they, they will be your guiding principles and the more that you make it pertain to yourself and understand that you know we're doing this out of love we're not doing this because we want to get a certain desired outcome from God like if I obey and I'm a good Catholic guy I'm a good Catholic girl you know, by doing this, that, that gives me the outcome of a good spouse in the future, and I'm going to heaven, right? No. What's more important is God says, I've been faithful to you. I love you, right? How will you respond to my love? It's God inviting us deeper into his love. And so the Ten Commandments give us a parameter of saying, oh, these are some ways which I can show God that I love him, right? Because I would never want to offend him or hurt him because of all the good things He's already done for me. And I want to tap into that love. And I want to remain in that love. You know, it's a simple experiment. If you look at your younger siblings and say, hey, you can play with any toys except for the knives or the matches, what do they do? They go to the, <laughs> they do what they're not supposed to do, right? And so in the same way, we have to be humble and to really ask God for the grace. Help me to view these Ten Commandments as my witness of love to you, right? Help me to open myself so I become the best that I can be and to love you to the best of my abilities. If you really think about it, the Ten Commandments are really the ten ways in which we can empty ourselves in order to fill more ourselves up with God and so that we can be one in union with God to be true disciples of Christ. Right. Another take kind of would be... Uh you read it all the way through St. Paul's letters, is okay, now that God became man, what's now possible? And if you look at the book of Revelation, um, you know, they're all sad because they can't open the scroll and the lamb comes and opens the scroll. It's great. Well, what was the scroll? They ate it. It was sweet in their mouth, but it was sour when it hit their stomach. Well, what was that? Well, that was the entire Old Testament of saying the Israelites took on upon themselves the Ten Commandments, and they said, all right, we're going to do this by our own willpower. We're going to just crush this, and we're just going to say, yep, we're awesome. 
we're going to take this upon ourselves. Okay, perfect. Well, when they swallowed it, it was sour to their stomach. What is that? Humanity cannot do this by themselves. There is no uh, silver bullet of our will that all of a sudden we're not fallen. Um, like all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I'm no longer have concupiscence. That's nice. Um, but what do I have? I have Jesus, which is the antidote, you know, in some sense, the antidote of the concupiscence. And so... Jesus in the New Testament, right? Jesus through our baptism, Jesus through the sacraments, um, he writes the law, what? On our hearts, right? So now in Jesus, through baptism, through grace, can we can actually live these out. And through uh, patient endurance, running the race well, being focused on Jesus, <clears throat> being focused more on Jesus than on ourselves, we die to ourselves, we crucify the flesh in order to live an abundant life in Jesus. And so there's the sense of, and that's why in the book of Revelation, everyone rejoices at the Lamb slain, because the Lamb is Jesus, and he's able to open the scrolls, which I really have a very interesting image with that. I'm trying to picture a Lamb opening a scroll with hoofs. I don't know how that's possible. But anyways... But That's where my it. imagination goes when you I read it. that. I'm like, what? How does a lamb open a scroll? Cool. How does it even work? How does it even work? I must not just grasp what... Anyways, if anyone are land, lamb owners, give them a scroll and see if it works. I'm just curious. Um, That's videos and pictures. Yeah, there you go. Uh... But that sense that Jesus has done that and has conquered all that and now that we can live in and through that identity... Um, because of what's now possible, now that God's become man, now that we can live for love of him who died for love of us. Um, so, yeah, it's grace working in us. It's the sacraments working in us. It's the conversion of life for us. Um, yeah, none of us... Jesus is the... the uh, the antidote to the sinfulness that we all have, that we all share. Uh, he's meek, he's humble of heart. Take up your cross, follow me. Easy yoke, burden light. Fantastic. All those things, paradoxes. Yep. Wrap it up. That's what it was wrapped up as. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. We encourage you as you listen to the different topics of ours, to, if there's any topic that hit too hard, that's the Holy Spirit. Trust in the product of the Holy Spirit. Because there's a reason why the Holy Spirit has led you to that area and bring it to prayer. Ask Jesus, why is this coming up? What do you want me to learn from this experience of listening to this podcast or this certain topic? And allow God to work through you and to give you a greater freedom when you hand it over to the Lord. And so thank just, you so much. I'm going to make a plug. Going to make a plug. Going to make a plug. All right, do it before I forget. Okay. No, I just want to make a plug for, if you're like, I don't know where to start. Um, well, our first three episodes, four episodes of our podcast are just how to pray, different forms of prayer, meditation, ARR, Lexio Divina, all those different things. So, And that's originally why Father Tay and I started this podcast, was just to go as practically as we could, give you the tools that we learned in seminary to just get them out there in the wider populace so that... 
yep. through it all. Draw closer to the Lord intimately and uniquely and particularly, um, which is how he loves us. So. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you next time. Bye. Stay holy, my friend.